I'm Garrison Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. And as promised, we found some awesome people to tell us some stories. Absolutely. We're very excited we have Paula Shearer on today's episode. And she is a badass fly fishing guide out of Calgary, Alberta. Yep, mainly the Bow River, but all over the place up there. She also gets to just get out and fish in a lot of cool places. So Yeah, and she has a from my perspective, a great outlook on fishing and attitude. And she really puts her head down. She's not deterred by things that might get in her way. She just seems like she has a great spirit to get after it. As you'll see momentarily. So without further ado, let's go chat with Paula. Paula, is that you? It is. I'm here in Calgary, Alberta. Hi, Paula. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, we're very excited. This is our third season of Fishing Stories. And I mean, whether you know it or not, we went on a little bit too long of a hiatus, but I think it was just so we could get some more gusto and get some fun guests like you. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Really excited to be back. And COVID had us all in a little hiatus a little bit. For sure. For anyone who doesn't know you, we are joined today by Paula Shearer, who's an extraordinary angler, very accomplished guide. An ex-professional athlete, is that right? Uh, an ex-athlete. I I was working my way to to get professional. I don't. I think that's a very uh, general term. Um, I would <laughs> say full time, full time athlete. That works. Yeah, exactly. What else are we missing in the in the short bio? Um. Yeah, I've been guiding close to since 2013. So I guess that's coming close to 10. I guess it'd be nine years now. Yeah, uh, I've been guiding for nine years, and yeah, I'm just up here on the Bow River. We have a great fishery, a great community, and I think that's kind of like my favorite thing about the industry is just the people. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the very famed Bow River, I would say, which we've never been lucky enough to fish. Yeah, we would like to one of these days. We've never even been to Alberta. We're that's close. Cool. Like, I, I we're, we're just above the border from Montana. Yeah. Just, just right there. I, I know, know it's a little ways from Colorado, though. It's like not that far, though. We were chatting the other day, and I think Bozeman is almost exactly in the middle of where we are and where you are. So it that's is, not yeah. so far. Directly in the middle. How is Calgary? Is spring shown up yet? Uh, it is spring, just like Colorado. Uh, we have our spring days and we have our winter days. So I think we're getting a little bit of snow uh, tomorrow. Yesterday, it was warm. So it is very much a yo-yo, which is typical for springtime. But uh, for those who don't know, Calgary is the twin city of Denver, is what we get told, because we have very similar uh, landscapes and climate. And probably elevation has to be similar, too, if we're getting yes. all of that the same. Yeah. Hey, that's great. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> and how's your snowpack looking? Good outlook? Our snowpack looks really good. The majority of the mo- mountains are over their average by quite a bit. I think for us, we just got to worry a little bit more on the foothills and kind of more in the the flat lines. Um, But when it comes to the actual mountain snowpack, we have no complaints and I'm extremely happy about it this year. That's great to hear. Well, and it's always a little bit on how it comes off, right? You don't want it to come off too fast. Slow and steady. We need slow and steady. That's it. And how are the dogs? The dogs are great. Um, I think they're getting a little finicky because we just haven't been able to get out as, as much. That weather's just kind of on that awkward temperature of some days it's warm and some days it's not. And I don't like to take the pups when there's a ton of ice because we have um, 
some of the places I go, the ice is probably about 10 feet high and there's like crevices and you can fall into the crevices and it's just, it's super dangerous for the pups. So I know they're looking forward to getting out on the river more now that it's kind of melted down. Yeah. Dangerous for the people too. We just, in theory, we think before we step more than dogs do. One of my dogs would be good with that. The other one would just be catastrophic. Yeah. (laughs) I can't remember. It was you know, because the COVID years blend together, but it was one of the COVID winters you posted a shelf ice, like safety thing on Instagram. And then we went fishing the next day and there was a ton of shelf ice. And I was like, Garrison, Paula would tell you to be very careful on this. That's true. I remember that. The number one one rule? Oh no, it's been too long. Oh, a pop quiz. I have no idea. But also (laughs) keep in mind, I'm the dog that would be the bad dog. So that's my personality. What's the number one? one This is probably for everything. If you were ever to fall in, where can you safely get out? Well, that's that's basically it. it. No matter where you are, what you do, if you were to fall in, where can you get out? It doesn't have to be yeah. ice. It could be even if you fell into the river on in the summer. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think about it a lot. I mean, you and I are both short. I think that just, you know, you're a little tougher than I am since you have way more days on the river than I do. But I am often thinking like, I need to step carefully because the last thing I want to deal with is a fall. In no matter what the conditions are. Yes. That's, that's when it's nice to be around uh, tall people. Um, most of my <laughs> friends, like, they make me look extra short. Um, yeah. But the majority of my family and my friends are all tall. So I'm kind of the anomaly. Yeah. Garrison, do you know any other sh- people who like going with tall people? Yeah. You <laughs> seem to surround yourself by tall yeah. fishermen. I've been held up on, like, holding shoulders on either end of my friends and they're like, my legs are dangling and they're basically, <laughs> I'm just kind of kicking my way across. Yeah. We have quite a few stories where Corinne all of a sudden is just kicking her way through, unfortunately. Yeah. It's fine though. It's fine. We uh, are wondering with all these days on the water that you get in such a cool place, you have to have a story or two. There's definitely lots of stories um, on the river and uh of course, there's always some good stories and there's always some not so good stories, but uh, there's always some learning stories as well. And there is one that I can remember when I was doing a steelhead trip. And I'm sure a lot of us, myself included, had at one point an old truck, like just a beater truck that was well past its its prime and it looked like it was about to go. And for me... Um, a couple days before I was going to go on the steelhead trip, some girl rammed into my vehicle in the door and busted the door. So I'm like, just Dang. the way things are working and it's an old truck, it wasn't going to get fixed. And I had my dad jimmy rig my truck so that the door would shut somewhat and we could still go on this trip. So I wasn't going to let this truck not get on this trip. And this is the driver's side door? This is the driver's side door. I actually had to drive home. um, When I drove home, I had to use um, bungee cord across just to keep it shut. And the girl hit my door so hard because she hit me that her front fender was bent into her tire. And because I have a truck and have things, I had to help her unbend her fender from her tire so she could go to school because she had to go to class. So I had this beater truck and uh, I picked up my friends, Lauren, Ken, 
and Matt uh, and me, and we were heading off to BC and we packed the truck full and it was going to, no matter what, this truck was going to make it to, to this trip. And we were driving and we had to go down this big hill in Jasper. And I didn't think I touched the brakes that much, but my friend looked at me and I looked at her and I calmly says, I don't have any brakes. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I'm like, the brakes just, they're not there. And she's, <laughs> she kind of looked at me and I was just calmly like, it's okay. We're going to be fine. And so <laughs> I ended up um, pulling like the, the e-brake and gearing, shifting it down. And I was able to pull into like a pull-off, which was good. And uh, the brakes cooled down and eventually we were able to drive again. So I have this busted truck. The brakes just went on it because it overheated. But nonetheless, we're still driving this 18-hour drive to get to, to BC. So we make it to Terrace, and there's a lot of like off-roads and logging roads and stuff like that. So we were driving um, on one of the logging roads, no cell reception. We go and we fish a run, and then I come back to the truck, and I have a flat tire. I'm like, well, this is nice. And let's just add it to the list of things that's going to go wrong with this truck at this point. So me and my friend Lauren... We're like, okay, well, we have to change a tire. And so it shouldn't be a big deal. I've changed lots of tires. I've changed a ton of tires now. And uh, we go underneath and we try to um, get the tire because, you know, the tire goes underneath the truck and then you yeah. have to unwind it down. I hate that system, by the way. It's not the system here. ever. And it's it's always so, so annoying. Awful. You got to feed the little thing <laughs> in and you can't see anything. It's terrible. It's terrible. And we end up trying to get it down, but it's because it's an old truck and it hasn't really been brought down because you're supposed to bring it down once a year. It's rusted on. So oh we're in a lot where no one's out of reception. We're on a logging road. No one's around. I have a flat tire. I have to try and get this tire from underneath on my, like onto my truck. So I had this Gerber serrated knife and I, I, I should get another knife. I, I need more knives, I guess. Because I had this girder serrated knife. And the only process I could think of to get this down is to saw the cable off. <laughs> so I'm the smaller. Desperate times at this point. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what, we have nothing. Like, I got to do this. So I get underneath and I tell my friend Lauren, like, Lauren, no matter what you do, you can't let go of this, of the wheel. Because you let go of the wheel, my hand will literally not be on my arm like I will more than break my arm because I had to put my arm up through the rim and I could only do little tiny strokes to try and get the cable of course so yeah they make it hard so nobody can steal your dang <laughs> tire right? right and I luckily have small wrists so I stick my hand up between the, the rim of the the spare tire under my truck and my friends got under the truck too with her knees wedged right up against the tire I don't know how long it took, but I was surprised how strong this knife was. It was just a Gerber serrated knife, and I was just going, and I could hear one cable pop. And I'm like, good. I kept going, and by the time I was finished, my like arm was sliced up because I was just kind of sawing it back and forth. And for somehow, however this knife did it, I actually cut through all the cables in the tire, holding that tire up. Once it was done, we were able to drop it down. And so we end up having this tire. Now I don't have a place to put a spare tire back up because that's gone. <laughs> right. Um, and so we ended up finally able to put a spare tire on, which normally is easy, but it's in the mud. So 
Uh, thankfully enough, I had a cast iron pan that I could put that strong enough that I could put the uh, jack on so I could jack it without it sliding in the mud. Yeah. So we ended up getting this tire on. And through the process of this, of four days, I ended up having to change the tire three times because we had three flat tires. And so we actually ended up, um, I ended up buying patch kits. So on the side of the road, on these logging roads, would be me with the tire, patching a tire and then pumping it up um, on the side of the road. And so for me, I've always been somebody that is always prepared. There isn't anything I don't have that I'm not prepared for. So it was three flat tires, lost brakes. What else? There was that broken door. My heating went by the end of it. You name it. We had a our hole in our water master and it was just the trip that anything could go wrong could go wrong. And we ended up even getting stuck uh, in some place where my friend was like, you know, they don't lock the gate. I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, no, they don't lock the gate. And the end, they end up locking the gate. And we of had to course, somehow jimmy rig our way out of this place. Like, it's just one of those trips that you had to pre prepare for absolutely everything. You didn't even know what you needed to be prepared for. No. And I'm grateful <laughs> I had the stuff I needed to be. So extra ropes, uh, two yeah. by four to put the jack on and a cast iron pad, I guess. And oh you name God. it, like. I've always been someone to be overprepared now because there isn't anything I've done that has come easy. Everything I do seems to have some sort of process to it. <laughs> I get that. Now, did anybody catch a steelhead? Um, we we all did, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah, we all caught a steelhead. Wow. Um, see, this sounds like a win for yeah, me now because I've had a lot of steelhead trips that maybe didn't involve as much car trouble, but definitely involved less steelhead. So there you go. Yeah, you know, we, I, so I ended up getting rid of, got home, got rid of that truck because it was, it was time. It was, it was, that was the last leg it was ever going to be on and bought myself a new truck a week later. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It's so funny. I have just like, it's very different, but similar story that pops in because my buddy and I flew out to Oregon to do a steelhead trip and we have another friend out there because we went to college out there and he was like, oh yeah, I got my old Tacoma, you know, it's still running great. You can just, you know, drive that. You don't need to rent, a, rent car. a car. It's fine. And I was like, oh, perfect. That'll be awesome. We can drive your truck. You know, I love old Tacomas, you know. So we fly in and we're like, go to their house. And he's like, yeah, it's running great. But just like the past week, it doesn't really want to start. It will start. <laughs> it just doesn't start easily. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so every time we would move, you know, and we're in the middle of nowhere, you'd get in and oh my God, please do it. Just do it. And it would finally start. And we had a great time. We camped around for like, you know, three days. Less steelhead were caught though. Yeah, I caught a couple. Woody had a tough trip. Had a tough trip. <laughs> and then we're on our way out and we like are worried about how much gas we have. And I pulled off of the road on this kind of tight turnout and it was a little bit steep, but thought it was fine. You know, it's four wheel drive. We fished, of course, didn't catch anything. And then as soon as we got in the truck to start to go, you do like put it in four wheel low. And if I try to go forward, it would just slide down. And I was like, I we can't, we gotta get a tow truck. So we had to like flag somebody down. Luckily somebody drove by 
to go to town. no service, of course. To send the tow truck guy back, which like that wait sucks. You don't know if that's going to happen, you know. Then the tow truck guy, he was watching the high school football games. It was really funny. He showed up and he was like, you guys are getting the I had to leave the high school football game extra charge for this one. I was like, oh, yeah. Anyway, it was a long trip with that little beater truck. So I, I get it. Maybe it's a steelhead thing. I think it's a an efficient truck. I feel like everybody at some point needs something. I always find the best stories are the one that come from like toughest times. And honestly, I think everyone needs a, a vehicle story. It makes you prepared for the next time. Like there isn't, if anyone ever has a flat tire, I'm the person to be around because I can patch your tire for days based on what I've got in my truck. <laughs> yeah. You've seen all the flat tire scenarios. <laughs> like I said, three in four days was, that was, oh, that was enough for anyone. Like it was that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, on a different note, just your home water fishing stories is brought to you by rep your water apparel. For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders and owners of Rep Your Water, where we make everything from hats, sun shirts, merino blend sun hoodies, whiskey glasses, teas, and much more. All of our products feature unique designs, and all of them support our conservation partners. To see the latest and learn more, check out our website, www.repyourwater.com. Fishing Stories is also brought to you by Lock & Co. Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado aspen wood discs, this smooth and yet complex whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It's a staple on our bar at home and is delicious served as is or even mixed in a cocktail. To learn more, go to www.lockandcodistilling.com. Lock spelled with an E. Well, on a different note, just your home water, I'm curious, how has the bull trout fishing been and how is that fishery? That's a fish that I really love and has such a huge following down here in the States. I'm wondering how, how the bull trout situation is up there. The bull trout is, is pretty good. So the bow river is more rainbows and browns. Um, right. That's what we focus. Um, we end up going uh, into the mountains to go for bull trout and we do have good numbers, but like the rest of um, probably North America, we do have numbers that are dwindling. So we have, um, they are th- threatened species. They are protected in some ways in the sense that they're catch and release and you can't keep them, thank goodness. But we do have good enough numbers that we, we can fish for them and we can we can uh, target them. Right. Um, although some places in the States, you just can't target them. Um, right. They have to be a, a bi- accidental bycatch, basically. Right. But, um, in Alberta, we do have we have a good number. I wouldn't say we have a ton because I think all places could have more for sure. But we do have plenty to to go target and, and fish for. It's something that I like to do in the summer. I like to fish for bull trout kind of in the summer months. And sure. then in the fall months, um, I just kind of let them be and then continue targeting rainbows. My only bull trout I've ever caught was the accidental bycatch in like this tiny little cutthroat stream in Montana. And it was maybe six inches long. I was like, I didn't know bull trout came that small. The the funny (laughs) thing is this stream was so small. It could have been like a five-year-old fish. It just like, that's all it could do. Bull trout are like that. So I think if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong on this, but 
a mature bull trout has to be 16 inches, uh, which is eight years old. It's an old fish. That's pretty yeah. cool. I think there's something. It's between six and eight years old, but they, they are very slow growers and they take a long time to mature um, to go off and spot. So those really, really big ones you see can be over 20 years old. That's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. So a typical day on the Bow River for you, like if you're doing a, a guide trip on a beautiful fall day, are you floating? Are you wade fishing? What's a typical day look like up there? Um, when I'm guiding, um, I definitely like to take the drift boat. Um, I love being able to float and target uh, many areas and do different techniques to find fish and target big fish. Um, but you can certainly, a lot of people wade the bow. It's uh, a very wadeable river. But for us, it's um, I really do enjoy uh, floating. But when I'm not guiding, I'm mostly wading the river. Got it. And what's a big fish for you? Like when you say big fish up there, like what's a fish that Paul is like, oh, I'm fired up. How about. do we impress yeah, Paul? I'm, I'm fired up about this thing. <laughs> like I, you're really getting stoked. Well, we like to say the boat is quality fish, not necessarily quantity, but I'd be really happy with, you know, a 23 rain, like 23 and bigger rainbow and brown. I'm not saying that people get that all the time. Um, like they're, they're definitely but they're in there. They're in there. There's there's 25s, there's 26s, there's unicorns in there. Um, but definitely anything anything in that 23 range is, is definitely a trophy fish by all means. And then a good quality fish any day of the week is is anything 18 and bigger. I, I think uh, a lot of people kind of they're like, oh, it's only 18, but an 18 year like an 18 inch fish is I'd be happy catching 18 inch fish all day. There's nothing wrong oh, with me too. Definitely. I mean, I also am happy just catching any fish because totally. you have to take in so much more. You know, you're in these beautiful landscapes and there's so much more going on than just catching big fish. So I can appreciate that. Yeah. And it's about being around people. Um, I think I really enjoy the the people I fish with. I enjoy my clients. The, a lot of my clients now, I've known them for several years and stuff like that. So I really do love the, the company within the fishing as well. I love being able to um, kind of celebrate with people their accomplishments in catching a fish or just having people around to to kind of celebrate with you. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I love that. Like the camaraderie on the river and like we recently were down in Argentina and we on one stretch with our quote unquote guide, he's really our friend, but it was his home water. We just traded off casts because the fishing was that good. Two of us would hang back. One of us would catch a fish. Then the next person was up. Then the next person was up. And it just makes such a fun like community. It's more and more social for me. It's funny, you know, early in my career, it was a very much like a social, a, a, a solo. solo event. Like I went fishing by myself. I went backpacking by myself. It was like something that I did by myself. And I still enjoy that sometimes. But now to your point, like if I catch a really sweet fish by myself, it rings a little bit hollow. You know, I'm like, oh, I wish Corinne were here to see this or somebody like it'd be so much more fun, you know? Totally. I think it's the, when I was younger, um, I fished a lot alone because there wasn't anyone my age or anyone that I knew that fly fish. So growing up, other than fishing with my dad and my uncles, I was fishing alone. And then 
Um, I met my best buddy, Justin, who I think we've, um, we've been friends for years and years. And we were both just two solo anglers just fishing on the river that end up meeting and becoming like best friends and like fish, like did all our adventures and stuff together. And it was kind of at that point that I started fishing with more people. And I think one thing we can take away from is, you know, especially now, I think being around people and fishing with people feels maybe a little bit better ever since COVID because we were kind of always told to like stay away from each other. Like, don't be social, don't be this. So it's kind of a nice treat to be able to to come back from that and and kind of celebrate and be around groups of people and, and have that camaraderie. For sure. I mean, and in some ways, like being on the river or on water together was the only way we could comfortably be with other people. Totally. But, you know, you're driving separate cars and so you don't get the whole, like, the whole package. But it's very true. I think, I think it has changed all of our approach to the water. I mean, way more people found fishing because that was a beautiful way to spend time with people. So it is interesting. Speaking of, now that the world is allowing us to go visit places, do you have any fun trips planned? Uh, I'm actually headed down to Missoula next week. Fun. Um, I'll be fishing with uh, Kinsley, Jess, and Lindsay, which will be a lot of fun. Um, really looking forward to that. And then I am going to try and make it down to Bozen for a couple of days if I've got the time. And then, yeah swing back up and kind of get ready for my season. Yeah. I hope that runoff is not in full swing when you get to Montana. I've it heard usually like, is. I've so heard like both sides of like, no, it's looking great. Or no, it's definitely going to blow out. As long as I've got some good people around, I'll be okay. I, I seem to always go to Montana when it's runoff. I don't know if it's, if I bring it or it's just my timing, but <laughs> it's always runoff. In Montana. I mean, you can't go during the best part of your season or. Yeah, right. I can only get down during a certain time frame, And so it ends up being the, of course, the runoff time frame. Well, awesome. Well, if somebody wanted to follow you or book a trip, how could they find you? I am on the social media world of Instagram. So it's just Polish here. And then um, if they're looking to book guided trips, um, I am at www.psonthefly.com. Uh, if you're looking for trips, I recommend always book as soon as you can or look into the following year because I think I'm booking into 2023 at the moment. I am not surprised. I'm sure people are always clamoring to fish with you. It seems like you take such good care of your clients just from the stories that we've shared. And one day we'll we'll make it up to your water and, and spend some time on the river together. Absolutely love to have you guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. We can't wait to see you in person again. Hopefully it'll be while we're fishing instead of in a convention center. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We really appreciate it. Take care up there and uh we look forward to hearing some big trout and bull trout stories from the season. Thanks for having me, you guys. Take care. Right, Thanks, Paula. Thanks.